welcome to Tech Law Talks. I am Anthony Diana, a member of Reed Smith's Tech and Data Group. In each episode of this podcast, we will discuss cutting edge issues on technology, data, and the law. We will provide practical observations on a wide variety of technology and data topics to give you quick and actionable tips to address the issues you are dealing with every day. Hello, this is Anthony Diana from Reed Smith. Welcome back to Tech Law Talks and our M365 and 5 Foundation series, where we are joined by Lighthouse to explore core elements of Microsoft Office 365 and key operational and legal considerations. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Teams AV conferencing, the audiovisual conferencing function. Um, and with me today are Erica Kwan from Reed Smith and John Collins from Lighthouse. Welcome, guys. So let's talk about this function, which is obviously from this work from home environment is a key component of M365 with Zoom. Could you, Erica, give us a sense of what is what is this AV conferencing function? Sure. So Teams AV allows invited members to communicate with each other through audio video conferencing. And it also allows for functions like telephone calls, including leaving voice messages, and for users to chat with one another during the AV conferences. And John, in terms of some of some of the features, sort of the collaborative features of an audio video conferencing, what what are people doing? Thanks, Anthony. So I think uh, one of the things that we see is you have the ability to share your screen. You have the ability to any application that you're using, you can share with someone else. There's also the ability to delegate access to the other user or the other participants so that they can control your screen, right? So if I'm presenting to you, Anthony, I can delegate control so you can actually click on different functions within the application that I'm in. There's also the ability when you're in AV meetings to chat. There's uh, abilities to uh, share whiteboards. So there's quite a bit of functionality. That's really the direction Microsoft's taking this, which is to make it a, a really immersive experience from a collaboration perspective. John, just following up on that, when you're saying you can share, I'm assuming that means you can share thing, anything on your desktop as well right. as some of these other apps. Right. And, and there's, there are some controls that can be put in place in terms of what you can share. And when you're in the Teams application itself, you can choose to share your entire desktop, which means anything that you click on, the participants in the conference can see it, or you can share just a specific window. So that's one of the dynamics that we typically find that organizations talk about is, do we want to allow full screen sharing or just individual app sharing? That's one of the controls that you can implement through the policy framework of Teams. That's interesting. And Erica, I think you mentioned a little bit, but there are other, you know, sort of communication functions with besides just the audio visually and talking. Yes. So as mentioned, users are able to chat with each other during the AV conferences by using the built-in chat window. So it permits real-time chatting for all the conference attendees. And that also means that all the expressive features that we describe, things like stickers, memes, and reactions are available to the conference attendees. Terrific. And then, John, one thing I wanted to, to discuss with you, and I think it's something that a challenge that I think a lot of our clients are doing is, is sort of who, who can be allowed to be part of a, a Teams audio video conference. Right. So you've got a number of different controls that you can put in place in terms of allowing uh, federated or authenticated users to be able to access a meeting only. So that means that the person has to have credentials in the environment. You can also set it up so that 
anyone, anonymous users, which means that they don't have credentials and they just join the meeting. And as you know, Anthony, there's some dynamics around because every meeting has a meeting transcript, which is a record of that meeting and who joined it. And when you have those anonymous users that are allowed to join, they show up just as a number. It's just a random number that gets generated. And if John Collins joins a meeting for Reed Smith, you would know if that I joined the meeting, it would just be a random number. So there's a lot of nuance around that, who you allow to join meetings and what record is kept of who joined. Yeah, and it's a, I think it's an issue that a lot of clients are, are challenged with in this environment because they want to be able to do these Teams AV uh, conferencing with whoever, clients, customers, and the like. But you do have to understand sort of the risks associated with anonymous people joining your calls, similar that people have with Zoom. So, okay, well, thanks, guys. That was really helpful. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And hopefully you can join us in future podcasts. Thanks. Tech Law Talks is a Reed Smith production. Our producer is Ali McArdle. For more information about Reed Smith's tech and data practice, please email techlawtalks at reedsmith.com. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and reedsmith.com, and our social media accounts at reedsmithllp on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. This podcast is provided for educational purposes. It does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. All rights reserved.